Thank you, Pastor John. Good morning, Choose Life Church. Life is a choice. Choose life. Amen. Great privilege and honor for me to be here in the capital city this morning, my wife and I. I brought my favorite wife along with me, Arlene. Will you stand up and do that Queen's wave? It's my favorite wife of... 31 years we're going to celebrate in December, and thank goodness she's my only wife. And if our president can visit the world and, and you know, the media will say, is he with his favorite wife? So why can't I have a favorite wife? That's my favorite wife. My, also my best friend and greatest advisor. You know, the Bible says when, when uh, you get a wife, it's a good thing. When God gives you a wife, it's a good thing. You get a good thing. And all the men said... Amen. So I'm not afraid to say, I love my wife. I spend all of my time with my wife. I don't need to be with anybody else but my wife. We, wherever we travel, we travel together. And I don't like to be away from her for more than three hours. I go into palpitations. So that's that just me. But it's a great privilege to be here. I want to thank Pastor John and Mandry for the invitation. also want to thank this church for supporting our ministry. There's many times that uh, we had our back against the wall, and uh, Pastor John and this church has supported us in the work we're doing, so we're very, very deeply grateful for that. We know that all of you are part of uh, partnering with us in the work God's called us to do in this nation and the nations of the world, and I will talk a little bit more about that later, but Pastor, thank you and the leadership of this, of this church. I often watch you on television. And uh, people often, when they meet me, they say, we always see you on television. It's so great to meet you in person. So I always see you on television. So it's so great to see you and meet you in person. Amen. So I'm going to talk about salt and light. Salt and light. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. You're all familiar with this. You must have heard this a million times. But this is Jesus speaking to his disciples can I see by a show of hands, how many disciples of Jesus do we have here? Okay, Ooh, I'm in a good place. Amen. This is where I want to be. And uh, just before I go on, Pastor, is it TK? Pastor TK? Pastor TK came to me and, and he said, somebody gave him this little note before the first service started. So before I even preached. And he said, he gave him this note and on it is written, this is for the church. Choose Life Church. He says, we have a mandate to be salt and light, not to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. And pray for boldness. Acts 4.29. You didn't know what I was preaching about. He gave this for the church. There you go. So God means business with this church. And I believe that. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, you know what? I just prayed for Derek and his wife because he's been... Uh, inducted into the city of, of Shwani as the, what do you call it? The Medal Committee Member, Safety and Security. He's, uh, he's in charge of safety and security. What an important portfolio. From this house, God has already raised somebody into government. And I believe what God is telling me, more is going to come out of this house. God is going to raise up. Men and women out of this church that's going to go into the various spheres of society and going to take God's will and way in there. 
So whether that be government, local government, provincial government, national government, or health, education, God is going to raise up men and women from this house. There's anointing on this house to impact this nation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm not the only one saying that. This was a word that came. You didn't know what I was talking about. But this is what God wants you to hear this morning. Is that God is doing something in South Africa. Amen? God is doing something in this nation. We are not always aware of it because the media is not happy to pronounce anything about what God is doing. But God is at work. He's always at work. Our president, Jacob Zuma, said that the ANC will rule till Jesus comes. Now, Shawnee has a new government. That means Jesus has come to this city. And that is just the beginning. And Jesus has come to Johannesburg, and Jesus has come to Port Elizabeth, and Jesus has been in Cape Town a long time already. We, we've had Jesus. We're blessed for a while there now. So I'm glad he's here with you now. You're going to see some great things happening, some changes, but God is in control. Here's my message to you this morning. God is going to change this nation. He's going to transform this nation. It's going to be a light to the nations of the world. South Africa. Once the pariah of the world will be a light to the nations. God will make us a light to the nations. But if God is going to change South Africa and make it become a light to the nations, He's going to use His church. He's not going to use the government or the media, or academia, God works through his church. And that's why God, Jesus, birthed his church in the earth for that purpose, to take his way and his will into every area of society. And when I say that, people say, yes, amen, but not realizing I'm talking about you. When I talk about the church, I'm not talking about this building or corporate identity, or a logo, or a name. Those are all good things, but it's not the church. The church of the living God is the people sitting in the chairs in front of me. So turn to the person next to you and say, he's talking about you. <laughs> yes. It's a different thing altogether. Eh? When we're talking, it, it's us. It's us. We've got this responsibility to change this nation. We're not talking about some abstract movement concept. We're talking about flesh and blood people, ordinary people that God is going to do extraordinary things through. And so we always expect, you know, if God is going to do something in this city or in this nation, he's going to raise up a mighty man of God or a mighty woman of God that can speak like this and he can do this and do that. You know, God doesn't work like that. God raises up an ordinary person. An ordinary person. And so you say, who, me? And the answer is always, yes. If you're in Christ, it's always, yes, it's you. He died for you. He's going to change this nation through you. It's you. It's you. 
There's a lot happening in South Africa. There's a lot of negativity. But you know what? The treasure of God is sitting in seats in churches all over this nation. And God is beginning to raise up, man. Now, this guy, Derek, I'm sure, in, he was telling me earlier on in the lounge that he never in his wildest dreams believed that he would be in government one day, especially in a portfolio like safety and security. He said maybe his wife. His wife served. <laughs> it's like all the men, eh? Yeah, no, my wife. <laughs> my wife. Go to my wife. And God chose him. And he's an ordinary man. And I'm sure he's insecure. He's saying, you know, am I, can I do this? You know what? That's a great place to be. It's such a great place to be. You know why? When you, when you say to yourself, Lord, am I that I, can I do this? You know why it's a great place to be? Because what it does, it increases your dependence on God. If you're unsure about your abilities and your skills and all those kind of things, you tend to reach out and depend on God more and more. That's my story. That's my story. When God called me to establish Family Policy Institute nine years ago, my wife and I had to go to America, to um, Washington, D.C. We lived there for six months, trained with an organization called Family Research Council. We came back here. God began to crystallize this vision in, in my heart, in my mind. I came back here, and I still wasn't 100% sure of what this calling was. I knew I had to start something. I'm dealing with government. I'm dealing with media. I'm dealing with legislation, all kinds of things, but I wasn't 100% sure. And all the while, God was making sure that I held onto his hand tightly because I wasn't sure of the next step. I needed God for every next step. I had to trust him today for tomorrow. It wasn't a long-term plan. The Lord never gave me a vision and a group of people, and we sat down and thrashed out a five-year plan and a ten-year plan. There was no such thing. God said, you trust in me and you walk with me. I didn't have money. I didn't have backers. I didn't have supporters. My wife and I, with God, we started. Looking for offices. Outside the gates of Parliament, in Parliament Street. I had no money in my bank account. But when I found the offices, there was a businessman that was ready to put the money down so I could get it. And every time, there were so many of these um, miracles. I call it a miracle because it was. Where God came through for us. Without, you know, we're still trying to comprehend how certain things happen. And up to today, you know, when we went to America, we were raising the finances for it. And first, when we got this call to go and go to America for six months, train with Family Research Council, my wife and I did, you know, we spoke about it and we found 125 reasons why it wasn't possible, why we couldn't do it. Logistics, money, this, that, where would we stay? You know, how much would it cost? This. We had all the excuses. But you know, the most amazing thing happened is when we both came into agreement and we said, Lord, you know what? We're going to do this. We don't know how, but God, we're going to do it. When we said that, everything happened. The money came in. There was a guy in America we never even met, a pastor. He got us a flat. They call it an apartment in Washington, D.C., right on the Potomac River. And you know what they did? We were prepared to live for six months in this um, flat, in this apartment, with our son, youngest son. He's about 14 years old then. We were going to get two blow-up, you know those blow-up mattresses? 
two of those, one duvet, three cups, three spoons, and just camp in that apartment for six months. Because we couldn't buy furniture or anything like that. Firstly, we didn't have the money. Secondly, we're only there for six months. We can't bring anything back. But you know what? When they connected me with this pastor, who I've never, ever met in my life, when we arrived in Washington in 2007, April 2007, when we arrived there, the pastor took us to the flat. It was completely furnished. Everything. Dining room seat, lounge suite, queen-size bed, everything. And then I, I asked, whose apartment is this yours? So I said, but where does all the stuff? But God told us we must furnish it for you. Gave us everything. Then I realized, God goes before you. God actually goes before you. And I want to speak from Joshua. I'm not going to get everything done, but just follow me. Uh, you know, when, when Joshua, when they came to the um, Jordan River, Moses died. Joshua was sitting there, now having to lead these people, didn't know which way to turn. And God comes to Joshua and says, Joshua, arise. My, Moses, my servant, is dead. Arise and go over this Jordan. That's it. Not, you know, Joshua, I know you're feeling insecure. I know Moses was this great prophet, how you must be feeling, but I'm with you. Come on, you can do it. Fuss, bait, all those kind of things. God didn't say anything of this. God said, arise and go. God said to me, arise and go to America. God says to you, arise and go. Arise and go. There's something that God has got for every single one of you. God's got something for you to do. Whether it's in the city, in government, or wherever, God's got something for you. And his word to you will always be, arise and go. And you've got all the excuses, just like me. we human beings, right? So we come up with all the excuses. Why we can't, can't do what God is calling us to do. But God says, arise and go. Arise and go because... Your insecurities, your what you cannot do, your weaknesses and all those things do not matter to God because it's, you know, what, this is what I found out. What I can do or cannot do, cannot do is irrelevant to God. It's not me, it's Him. Because God is going to accomplish through you whatever He wants to because He gives you the, the power, He gives you the authority, He gives you the wisdom, He gives you the resources anyway. So if you're sitting there thinking it's dependent on you, you've got to take that thing out of your mind. It's dependent on God. And God can use any one of you for anything. Anything. With God, all things are possible. If you're with God. That's the key. If you're with God. So God says, arise and go. I know Christians like to say, come to church. Come. And God says, go. Come. And God says, go. You see, now God doesn't want us in the four walls of the sanctuary all the time. He wants us outside in the community, out there where the salt and the light is needed most. Okay? There are dark places in our nation, but there's enough light sitting in here to light up those dark places. Amen? It's enough light here. Jesus is the great light. He's the great light that God has given the world. We are the little lights. We are the lighties. So did somebody call you a lighty? Yes, you are. The children sing that song, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. 
We've got to do that more often. We've got to sing that more often. Realize that we are the salt and light of the nation. Jesus said so. Jesus said, you are the salt. You are the light. Let your light so shine and will glorify your Father in heaven. Your light must shine. Do not attempt to work out God's call with human intellect. We do that. God calls you. I did that. My wife did that. Together we did that. Lord, how are we going to do this? We start calculating. Start trying to work things out. In our, mind, in our human wisdom. You'll never see it with your carnal mind. You've got to look at it with faith. Because everything that's impossible becomes possible. It's amazing what God can do when a person steps out in faith. Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but here I go. Here I go. I can't see, Lord, but here I go. My trust is absolutely in you, Lord God. For whatever I need to do, I'm going to trust you. We started the ministry just like that, my wife and I. We had no salary. We had no support. We started with one couple supporting us with 200 rand a month. That's what we started with. And God came through for us every time. Every time God comes through. In Joshua chapter, chapter 1 verse 3, God says to Joshua, Joshua, wherever the sole of your foot will tread, I have given you. Wherever you place your foot, I have given you. Do you know that is God's word for you today? It's God's word for you today. This is our promised land, South Africa. How many of you believe that? You've got to believe it. God brought us through 1994. This is our promised land. If we want this nation to prosper, we speak life over it, we pray over it, and we step out in faith and we possess this land just as God said to Joshua. And if you want to change any part of South Africa, go and put your foot there. Go and step out there. If you want to change education, get into education. Don't sit at home and think you're going to change things. God wants you there. Put your foot there. Trust God for the results. When we leave here on Monday, we're going to the United States. My wife and I, we're going to New York. After we, we, we'll be in Tampa. I'm teaching at a school of government for Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. How many of you heard of him, know him? Got a big church in Tampa, so I'm going to be teaching at his church. Then we're going to New York, my wife and I, we're going to be working for two days at the United Nations, three days. I'm going to be meeting with the South African delegation and the African Union delegation, and I'm going to be lobbying them to get certain pro-family language that is critical uh, into certain documents, very important documents, that is being negotiated at the United Nations next month. And we have to get that in there because a lot comes out of it. Many nations are affected by what, what goes into these resolutions that eventually find their way to nations here in Africa. There's a big, there's huge, huge pressure on the nations of Africa to legalize all kinds of terrible things that is in conflict with God's word. Huge. The Obama administration have threatened many African nations with aid and said, you won't get the aid if you don't legalize homosexuality, legalize abortion, legalize prostitution, legalize everything. The only nation that have done all these things is South Africa. 
We're the only nation that doesn't look like an African nation. We look like a Western European nation because of the legislation and the policies we have advanced here in South Africa. So even overseas, when they meet us, they are, oh, you're from South Africa. Why South Africa like that? Why is South Africa the only African nation on the continent that has gone this way where all the other African nations stand fast on family values? South Africa is terrible, they tell me. And that's the reason I'm going to the United Nations. They said to me and my wife, we need you there because your government is terrible the way they vote against the family, against marriage, against biblical values at the United. We need you to come and help us, to come and lobby your government officials, to come and lo lobby the African Union because you're from there, you'll have a lot of influence. I've never done this before. I don't know how to do it. They're going to train us, on-the-job training when we get there. But you know what? I'm going to go do it. Nothing is going to stop me. Because I've learned this principle, I know that if I put my foot there in the United Nations, God is going to use me. God is going to work through me. Not me. I don't have any special skills or talents. I'm a vessel of God, and if I'm there, God is going to do something. That's why we're going. And even as we leave on Monday, we don't have everything we need. You know that? I injured my back about six weeks ago. And I was trying to get it healed. And it's still very painful when I came up here. Can't stand very long, all of that. I'm on medication. But I'm going. I'm going. We don't have everything. We don't have all the finances. We don't have everything in place. But I'm going. I've learned that. I don't have to see everything to believe. I believe, then I see. Amen? I know God will provide everything we need. I know God will open every door. God will make everything happen because we're going. Because we're there. You see, you can't steer a stationary car. It's got to be moving. So I'm moving. I'm going. My back will be healed. My wife got a throat infection on our way here. Devil will try everything, everything in his power to trip us up, to stop us, to discourage us. It's not going to happen, devil. It's not going to happen. I am the one devil that your mama warned you about me. You're not going to win. My faith is in God. I've seen too many miracles. I've seen God come so, through from us so many times. It will be a shame for me to doubt him today. I want that to be your story. I want every one of you to take a risk on God. To step out. The, things, the kind of things you think, me, I'd never be able to do that. You know that you can. You can and you will. I'm not just saying that. I'm a living example of that. Cheers. God called me to Family Policy Institute. Called me to, to work with government, to write submissions, to present that in parliament. I've been many times on the parliamentary channel, making submissions to parliament on a whole host of issues concerning marriage and family. That's our job, to protect the institutions of marriage and family because we can't build a strong, viable, and prosperous nation when marriages and families are falling apart. Amen? Finish and clear. We need to restore the marriage, strengthen the marriages and the families in this nation. We can build a strong nation, but only when we put our focus on marriage and family.
These are the building blocks of society. And so I work with government writing these submissions. We're busy now, formed a coalition. We're going to be fighting. It's called the Coalition to End Sexual Exploitation. Sexual exploitation is one of the major problems in South Africa. We have the highest rape statistics. We have the highest in the world now. Our teenage pregnancies is off the charts. Um, uh, prostitution, trafficking, all these issues. And we're going to take it on head on. Formed a coalition with all the organizations fighting these issues. And the coalition is going to target three things. Decriminalize prostitution. There's a huge movement trying to decriminalize the sex industry in South Africa. We cannot allow that to happen under any circumstances. It's the worst thing that could happen to this nation if that happens. Very powerful organizations lobbying our government, spending vast amounts of money to get prostitution decriminalized. Then there's this thing called comprehensive sexuality education. They're trying to get it into our school curriculums. Part of it is in, but not the full thing. You know what comprehensive sexuality education is? It's teaching children that if you're a boy and you feel like a girl, then you can be a girl. It teaches children from 10 years old or even younger, four years old, you must experiment with same-sex relationships. This is comprehensive sexuality education. If you see what is in those things, your hair will fall out immediately. And they call it comprehensive. It sounds good. It sounds positive. They make it sound that way. And they're pushing it in our schools right now. Then the other thing is the pornography issue. Pornography is a massive um, challenge in our nation, and it's growing. It's a plague. In fact, it's been declared a public health crisis by some governments already because of the addictions of men, of women, of children. Women are demeaned and degraded. In this country, pornography is terrible. The impact it has on women is, I don't think anybody has actually did a study. But our rape and abuse stats are so high, one can only imagine how pornography or the easy access and availability to hardcore porn is impacting on men, how they see women. It rots the mind, and we have to stop it. We have to end it. God has called us to be the salt and the light in this nation. If we don't speak, nobody will. It's up to God's people to say, no, we don't want this. And we're leading the charge on that. And in Washington, when we go to Washington after New York, I'm meeting with the biggest organization in the world that fights these issues. It's called the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. They're going to help us. They're going to partner with us. They've got some of the best people in the world that is going to come down here. We want to have a conference in uh, Cape Town next year and get all of these top people and get government officials there. We have to get the truth out. The truth is what sets people free, right? And we need to get that truth out. But if we don't do anything about it, what's going to happen? There are wicked people in this country advancing wicked things. And God has called the righteous, the righteous to stand up and speak the truth. Proclaim the truth of God. Proclaim righteousness so people can be set free. This is what we're doing. And we do it by the power of God. Now, I'm doing all of this. I've got two television programs that I'm executive producer of and I'm a host. Uh, it's, uh, one is on TBN tonight at 6 called Salt and Light. The other one is Watchman on the Wall on Faith Broadcasting Network on Tuesday night at 7. I've got a syndicated radio show. I write newsletters. I write um, uh, uh, 
submissions to parliament and I deliver that. I meet with government officials. I meet with lawyers. We're putting a lawyer's network together. We're doing all kinds of things. And here's my testimony. I've got a standard two education. I've never went to a high school, never saw a high school, never studied anything in any university. Okay? But God called me to do this work. And when God called me, I was like, Lord, are you sure? Me? How am I going to do this? I'm not trained for this. But I suppose because I have a heart for God and passion for God, so God called me. But when God called me to do this and I stepped out and I said yes to the Lord, he equipped me. Everything I need, the wisdom I need to do the work that God's called me to do, God gives it to me. And so when I sit down to write a submission, I usually don't even know where to start. I call on the name of the Lord. I call on the name of the Lord because I have to. I don't have it in myself. So I need to depend on him. So I call on the name of the Lord. And you know what happens every time I call on him? He answers me. Okay? So I've written great submissions. Other people tell me this. One person wrote to me and said, you should get a PhD for your submission on prostitution law reform. I didn't even know what they were talking about. I don't even know what they're talking about. I don't care about those things. I don't care about titles. People introduce me as Dr. Edel Naidu. So who are you talking about? I quickly tell the people, nope, not me. You say, I don't need a title. I don't need anything behind my name. All I need is Jesus. That's all I need. And all you need is Jesus. It is good if you study. It's good if you get the degrees, if you learn it. Study to show yourself approved. If you have those things, fantastic, but don't depend on it. Don't depend on it. Depend on the Lord. Put your dependence on Jesus Christ. Because when you put your dependence on your degrees and your all that, then pride comes. And it's all about me. It's not about you. And it will never be about you. It's about Jesus Christ. You put your life into his hands, you see what he does with you. doesn't matter what your background is, where you're from, all of those things don't matter. If you speak the word, you must learn to, this is what God said to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. When Joshua had to lead the Israelites into the promised land, obviously they were afraid. There were nations that they had to conquer, bigger nations than themselves. They were insecure. Lord, can we do this? But Joshua gives, God gives Joshua the key. And he says, do not let this word, this law depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night. Another uh, translation says, you shall mutter it and utter it. Wherever you go, Joshua. And then it says, then you will be successful. Then, only then, when the word of the Lord, when the word of God is coming from your mouth, then and only then. Will you be successful? Speak the word of God. You see, the world is not interested in your opinion, but what does have power is the word of God. God's word never fails. It will never return void. So whatever situation you find yourself, if, if you speak the word of God over that situation, it will come to pass because it is the word of God. God's word has the power to change things so you can begin to speak over this city of Shawnee and the nation of South Africa. Speak the oracles of God. You will say, 
Lord, Shwani is the capital city, and Lord, we are the heads, so we're going to lead this nation into the destiny of God. Lord, you have a plan for South Africa, and we say yes to the plan of God. Be careful not to speak negative or to curse even your president. Be careful not to do that. Speak good. I know it's difficult, but speak the word of the Lord. The Bible commands us to pray for our leaders, not to curse them. It does. This is God's word. Speak life over South Africa. Speak life over your marriage. Speak life over your family. Speak life over your church. You will see God's word produce the power that only God's word can. Amen? So I believe the church is going to change this nation. I believe we have the capacity. There's more than enough Christians in South Africa. More than enough. We have plenty, plenty of Christians. There are some nations where you can't even see Christianity. In Europe, you go around in Europe in some places, like we were in Switzerland, we were in Paris. You don't even know that they knew Jesus Christ once upon a time. Christianity, they just hide it away. I remember we were putting the television on in Paris, and we got 10 Islamic channels and a whole lot of other channels and not one Christian, nothing about Christianity. 10 Islamic channels on TV there. And so these nations are so far away from God, and you can see as they turn their back on God what the consequences are for them. Many of them are going through huge conflict and turmoil, uh, terrorism and all kinds of things, and they don't have the wisdom to solve these problems because they've rejected the only one that can give them the wisdom. We have a great chance. The church is alive and well in South Africa, but we've got to get out of our sanctuaries, out of our comfort zone. God got something for us to do, every one of us. He wants to put us like, Derek is now going to be in the local government in charge of a portfolio. So he's there where God needs him to be. Every one of you, God wants you to do something. You must ask God. I get emails, people asking me, what should I do? I'd like to get involved, what should I do? I said, don't ask me, I'm not God. I can't tell you what to do. You must be led by the Holy Spirit. So you ask God, Father, I'm burdened with this. I want to make a difference. In this nation, I want to be salt and light that you said I am. I want to be. So God, guide me. Where should I go? What should I do? And God will show you, just like he showed me. I'm out of my comfort zone. I'm in a place where I don't know the next thing. I have to depend on God for so much. And it teaches me that, you know, when a man comes to the end of himself, that's where God begins. When we have confidence in ourselves and our own abilities and our own wisdom and our own strength, and sometimes it can only take us a few steps. But when we put our faith and our trust in God completely, holy, it's amazing what God will do with your and my life. And God is doing it in my life. I am living my testimony. I thank God that it's not an easy ministry I am in. I get people attacking me. I get death threats. I get all people hate me for the things I say. But I say it anyway. I couldn't give a rip. What anybody says, as long as I speak the word of God, what you say against me doesn't really matter. Jesus promised me, he said that they're going to call you all kinds of names and everything for my name's sake, but you are blessed. So I, you see, I, I'd rather be judged by this world 
and one day stand in front of God and be blessed and accepted. Then be blessed and accepted by this world and be judged by God one day. I hope that's where every one of you stand. Serve God, live for Him. Do extraordinary things for Him. Step out in faith. Believe all things are possible because it is. And every one of us, we'll see it in our lifetime. We'll see God change this nation. We'll pass on a legacy of hope, of goodness, of righteousness, of blessedness to our children and our children's children. That's what God promised us. But it is possible in our lifetime. God bless you. Just sit tight for a moment. I, I have a sense in my heart, and I'd like to ask Errol to pray into it, that there may be people here today that you feel, and you've known for some time in your heart, that God has a calling on you to influence in the similar type of things that Errol is involved in. You might have a sense that God's calling you into some form of public office, some form of serving uh, in, in government, in community policing forums. Please don't leave at this time, please. Uh, community policing forums or on school councils or on boards, etc. And I just felt here is a moment where maybe your standing might actually indicate that you have a sense regarding that. This is not for everybody. It's not for everybody. But there might be 10 or 15 or 100, I don't know, people that you feel that God has called you to influence into social issues, that the Lord might even use you in local government, national government. And I'd like to give you an opportunity, if you have any sort of a stirring, maybe even if it's a vague stirring regarding that, would you please stand right now? Would you please stand? If you have a sense that God might well, well be calling you into those aspects. Well done. Anybody else would like to stand? To take this as your last opportunity. This is, as I say, not for everybody. But uh, Errol, I'm going to ask, would you just pray a brief prayer over these people? And, uh, and then I will just close the service in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you are in complete control. You are sovereign, Lord, and we put our faith and our trust in you this morning. Lord, you see every single person that have stood here today. They are making a stand as you've commanded, Lord God. They may not be sure, Lord, uh, of the road ahead, but Father, they are indicating with their heart, God, that there is a stirring. God, you are calling them to something significant, to be the salt and light in this nation, to bring about change. So Father, I pray for each person sitting, standing here this morning. I pray, God, for your anointing on their lives. I pray, God, that you would guide them, that you will give them clarity of mind, that, Lord, you will crystallize the vision that you've placed in their heart. Because, Lord, whatever burden they're carrying for this nation, you have placed it there. And, Father, I pray that you would bring every dream, every purpose to pass in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you will release destinies Amen. here today, this morning. Release the destiny of God. Over the lives of your people, Lord, people that have been putting it off, I pray, Lord, this will be the day. The day, God, that you would release them, God. That you would break the yokes, the change, the things that have been holding them back. Father, I know standing in this, in this auditorium are people 
where negative words have been spoken over their lives and those negative words have acted as chains over their lives, keeping them back. God, I break that chains now in the name of Jesus. Every chain will fall down now, God, as you release your people into the full destiny of God. I pray, God, that you would equip them. You give them the resources, Lord God. You would give them the mind of Christ and that you would guide every step of the way in Jesus' name. I pray over this house, Lord God, over this church. Father, the leadership, Pastor John and Mandry and the leadership, I pray, God, for your anointing. I pray, Father, that out of this home, out of this house, you will raise up leaders, history makers, world changers, God. Only you can do it, Lord. And so, God, we anoint this place. We pray over it. We thank you, Father, for the great things you're going to do out of this house. Choose Life Church here in Pretoria. That your way and your will may go into every area of life in South Africa. In the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Now, Heavenly Father, we just uh, speak a blessing over everyone here. Maybe you just like to lift your hands just to receive this. We say the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of His smile upon you and give you peace. And we all say, Amen. Amen. Let's give Pastor Errol a hand. And Arlene, thank you so much for being here.